Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every month we deep dive into a different aspect of cinema, directors, genres, actors, or franchises. It doesn't matter, because it's always fun at the Film Club. I'm Dean. I'm Boo. And this month we're going through the Mummy franchise. We are. But we finished the Mummy franchise proper with Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, but there is another. There is. There's one that was going to begin the Dark Universe. A reboot. A reboot of all the universal horror films. The Mummy. Starring Tom Cruise. Directed by Alec Kurtzman. Came out in 2017. And, um... It made killed a... the dark universe. Yes, it made a lot of promises that could not be kept. No, uh, not. And we did not go back to Hamanoptera. We did not. We went to Iraq, uh, Egypt in a, like, a flashback four times. A uh, lot of uh, England. England. A lot of England. Yeah, um, okay, should we just like open the discussion up right here right now this was the dark universe movie like the first one in that genre or franchise yeah this was the first one um i think it was the third trailer where they introduced that this was going to be the beginning of the dark universe which was exciting at the time because who doesn't love universal monsters and also uh the marvel cinematic universe was it was is and probably will be the biggest thing on the planet for yes. cinema. Uh, the DCU was kicking off, and you know, for Warner Brothers for Warner Brothers, varying results, but was for the most part a successful like cinematic universe financially, at least. And then you have Universal's Avengers, the Fast and the Furious franchise, Fast and the Furious franchise, which has its spinoffs and is again one of the highest grossing franchises of all time. So everyone's like, oh, Universal. Throwing their hat in the game. We love monsters. Right. And they own the majority of, like, the... They own all the universal, like, all the classic monsters that Mm -hmm. you know and love and all their looks and IPs. Because the thing is, is most of those monsters, Frankenstein, Dracula, they're public domain. But when you think about Frankenstein with the bolt neck and the flat top, Universal owns that version of Frankenstein. They were the studio that created the monsters. But we get um, this movie, which I, I think retroactively they said Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first it in that, that franchise. Because, I mean, if you're going to kick it back to the originals, Dracula started it. Yeah, but it was like retroactively. Mm-hmm. Cut, and then the movie didn't do all that well. Yeah. And they were like, no, this is going to be the real start. And we have a real A-list actor. And mm-hmm. we have Tom Cruise leading the charge, which mm. confusing yeah. This doesn't seem like a Tom Cruise movie. No, it doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tom Cruise is a great actor. His movies are really fun, enjoyable. I mean, he has a, a limited range. You know, he's not a great thespian, but he's, you know, he makes fun movies. He makes really fun movies. And I mean, that's what I kind of felt like. It's Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise in this movie. He's just <laughs> immortal. I mean, I don't think he's even Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise playing like Chris Pratt, honestly. Like yeah, I like can that, see that snarky wise ass. Like that seem that seems way more um something like Chris Pratt would do mm-hmm. than Tom Cruise would do. And it it is just might be a thing where like this character that they decided to write for him I I really don't know where they were they were aiming for cuz this doesn't feel like I don't I don't really understand the goal of the movie honestly. Like it doesn't feel like it's this is the Iron Man launching us off into a whole new cinematic universe. No. This doesn't feel like 
a remake of any of the previous mummy films or incarnations. No, I mean, they kept trying to, you know, tie it to the original mummy, not the Karloff one, but the Brendan Fraser one. Yeah, the, uh, the Stephen Sommers 1999 mummy. 1999 classic. Uh, Tom Cruise was offered the role of Rick. Oh, in, in the original. In the original. And I, I don't know why he turned it down or maybe scheduling. So maybe they were trying to kind of, you know, come full circle. Okay, we finally have him. Let's do this. And it's like, you know, I think that's what makes Brendan Fraser so special was, you know, he becomes his characters. Mm. And, you know, he is Rick O'Connell. And this movie, Tom Cruise doesn't really feel like he's his character. Yeah, he's not this this Nick character. The other, here's the thing. Um, I mean, the original Mummy film or the 99 Mummy film worked because it knew what it was. It they, was organic. It was a, yeah, it was more of an organic piece. They were like, we're going to make a nice adventure film. It's going to be pulpy. It's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, a little, have horror elements to it. But at the end of the day, we're making a homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. We're making a homage to pulp adventure serials. We're going to, and it's going to have this head nod to the Boris Karloff mummy film that, mm-hmm. I mean, no one would really say the Boris Karloff mummy film is an A-list, like, this is the best of the Universal classics. No, I mean, when it's, you know, lined up with the trio of the original monsters, the mummy kind of gets pushed down because we only get the mummy for five minutes and we get Karis for the the rest of the movie, which Mm. is cool because Boris Karloff is a great actor and we love Karis, your emotep. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's why it's like in 99, we get so much more of the mummy because we want to see that. We want to be afraid and see his, you know, regeneration. And in this movie, you know, they take a different spin to it. Yeah. We have a a female that is now the mummy. Oh, that is exactly what cinema wanted. They wanted a hot mummy for Mm -hmm. their villain. That's what they wanted. I remember that in the trailer. I was like, oh, so we're trying to get that hot, you know, that hot cast again. (laughs) Which... There's no Ardeth Bay in this, sorry. Yeah, there's varying if successes. If there's no Ardeth Bay, I don't want to talk. <laughs> if there's no Rick O'Connell, I don't want to talk. Varying levels of success of hot mummy casting in this. Yes. It. No Rachel Weisz, I don't want to talk. <laughs> I mean, we get we get a lot of um a lot of references, but it's they're few and far between. But you know, you want to just get get into the movie proper because. This movie, I I think I'm I've said this off mic. This movie is the cinematic equivalent of the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not bad. It's like okay to a fault, and the plot kind of goes with that. Yeah, it's a little all over the place. It's like there were so many cool things that they put into the movie, and I feel like they kind of dropped the ball. It's like you could have run this way with it, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. There's also three separate timelines you have to care about yeah. for the plot to make total sense to you. Because the, the whole... Okay, Here, here's how the movie opens. After we get the Dark Universe logo, which hashtag promises never kept. Um, they open with... They're in England. They have the Knights Templar. They're being buried with... They have like, the Crusaders. Yeah the, yeah, the Crusaders. They're being buried, and then it immediately cuts to uh, excavation in present day, and they discover... Oh, here's this tomb. And then the mysterious man in black comes in and he sees something on the wall. And then we immediately flash back to ancient Egypt and we explain the mummy princess. And I'm like, wait a minute. So we had a flashback to England, then a 
then a present day mm-hmm. moment, and then an immediate flashback back to Egypt. And I'm like, why don't we just start in Egypt with a voiceover? Exactly. Like it, like we've done why, with every other m- mummy movie. I know. I'm like, why are we breaking the recipe for this movie? It, yeah. It's been the thing. I mean, even in um, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, the film itself wasn't great. But the opening was great because it follows the recipe. You know, we go back to the beginning. We explain why we're on this path and how we're going to, you know, how our heroes are going to save the day. And and the other thing is, like, don't get me wrong, because, you know, the mysterious man in black, it's Russell Crowe. Yes. And Russell Crowe's got a, got, a, got a nice demanding voice when he's giving this, this I, sort I of thing. I love Russell Crowe in this movie. Honestly, we're going to get into that. I think he's, like, the best part of this yes. movie, like, easily. That, that scene. Well... Oh, we're, we're yeah. going to get into it. But the whole thing is, you know, Russell Crowe's doing this, like, voiceover, and it's really big and grandiose and epic. And I'm like, why didn't we just start here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole um, the whole thing with the Templar and the jewels and all this mm-hmm. other things. I'm like, this feels like something that you're plot dumping to me in the beginning of the movie. So you can maybe, like, set it up quicker later on but i'm like this could have all just been one long flashback storytelling things like oh after she died the templars invaded mm-hmm. the land and broke the mm-hmm. the jewel away the jewel was buried and the dagger was lost and then we go into mm-hmm. the mummy like that yeah. title sequence this could have just been structured much more efficiently and give you that you know feeling of oh this is old mysterious and we're gonna have this big globetrotting adventure granted the mummy we're seeing is far more of um how how would you say evil bitch than um than Uh. like emotep's oh i killed the pharaoh for love because what is it she kills her father she kills her her father her her infant brother and the stepmother (laughs) and the stepmother and it's like you know And, and is about to kill her boyfriend mid coitus well, yeah, she's killing her boyfriend so that she could bring uh, Set, the god of death, into his body. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, you know, I think they could have expanded that a bit more because it's just, you know, ooh, my daughter, she's going to, you know, rule the land and she's so talented. And then, oh, no, there's a, a new baby brother that's born. And obviously the solution is kill. It's like we need to see her more heartbroken, more devastated that, you know, my dad who has loved me, no, now he really loves this child because he's going to be the next ruler. Just show that, you know, that that anger, that... Just try and establish some level of they just, sympathy. They Some empathy for her that, you know, it's like you're getting cast aside because you're not male. And maybe it could be a thing where it's like, oh, she does this. She asks for this, you know, power of set so she can rule... Yeah. And maybe that corrupts her or something. But no, she's just evil out the gate. It, it jumps very fast where it's just like, you know, show us kind of this breakdown of this person that, you know, it's like, well, you know, you were, you know, getting me ready to rule the land. And now it's, you know, I've been cast aside for a baby. And, you know, like going back to the 99 cinematic classic mm-hmm. mummy, Emotep, bad guy, evil throughout the thing. Mm-hmm. His motivations, though, are love. love and when he, you know, kills the pharaoh in the beginning of the movie, he's like, he's doing it so he can be with an Oxino Moon, mm-hmm. the woman he loves. And when she dies, he's like, I, what is it? Um, I will, I will travel through all the realms of time to find you again. I don't think that's a line in this. That might no. be a line from Dracula. That is from Dracula. Yes. I've traveled oceans of time to find you. Yes. Which perfect One line. One of the greatest lines ever. Should have been in the mummy, yes. by the way. And I'm like, that's. 
Like, uh, that I get. Like, that's why I have always found Emotep an interesting villain. Because mm-hmm. if you boil it down, he's evil. He's a bastard. But he has motiv- he's motivated. Yeah. His motivations are this pure kind of love. And that's why Mummy Returns is like, oh, that love was never real. And that's why I'm like, oh, they should have brought him back for Tomb of the Dragon Emperor so you can complete that arc. That's, like, I would have loved that. Or at least a cameo. Yeah, but... Again, we're getting onto the whole thing of why this movie is is this movie's villain doesn't feel nearly as fleshed out. It no. is generically evil mummy. That and you know we're trying to really pull into her mummy that you know she kind of has like a, a zombieish kind of vibe going, kind of a grudge kind of going. She moves a lot different than Emotep moved. Yeah, it's more like feral, and it's it's a different thing of like the monster they're going for mm-hmm. is different yeah. but you know that that's the flashback we get yeah we get the title card the mummy and then we are now in present day iraq and i know that you know when they make the discovery there it's like why would you know this egyptian you know tomb or you know be found in Iraq, but well, because it's an ancient Mesopotamia, and you know we're talking five thousand years ago, and it's yeah, it's well, we're gonna get into that because before this, we get introduced to our hero, we get introduced to Nick, played by Tom Cruise, treasure hunter for the U.S. military, kind of, sort of, not really. I don't really understand his job. Yeah, it's never really you know discussed what he is it's like well he's a soldier but he's a glow trotting like treasure hunter he's like does recon for the army rangers but it seems like he's it's almost a contractor yeah because he's because like he's talking to like the military guy but the military is written out of this movie like i'm, I'm looking three bullet points after this one yeah and you get this sense that okay he's this guy who has this lust for adventure and he's only joined the military so he can travel across the land and hunt for treasure and sell it on the black market because he's a uh, he's a thief and a scoundrel but eh, it doesn't feel right i mean his no. um who is it uh veil played by jake johnson jake johnson yes who from new girl from new girl who i know this actor i like him he has a nice like kind of funny wise ass like when he complains it's funny it's not annoying and i'm like oh, okay yeah. i like this he's like a nice little sidekick and I, but like tom cruise just comes off as like i am really not right for this role guys but i'm gonna <laughs> try my best it's like when does tom cruise ever need the sidekick i i don't know i mean uh that was um the outsiders right you know he had all the the kids you know when he was playing um in the outsiders uh, i guess i don't I, or uh, uh what is it in top gun he had he had his wingman he had goose talk to me goose talk to me goose but but yeah like we get to see tom cruise and he's trying to play up this i'm an adventurer i'm kind of a wise ass roguish type and, and it's like no not really and they do the whole almost like Almost like generic guys don't like Vale. Don't worry, we're gonna slip in, slip out. No one will be the wiser. Smash cut into them being shot at by ISIS through this village in this massive chase that ends with them on top of a roof, and they're like, 
I think we're going to die up here. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. And then they drop an airstrike on the village. Everyone scatters. Building collapses. And then we have the reveal of the tomb. Yes. This giant, giant tomb. That this little town is uh, that is built on top of it. Oh, it's this massive underground complex. Did they? This looks like it took years for them to make. And you know, with it being in present-day Iraq, so you know Mesopotamia at the time that it was built. I'm like, okay, so did they move the mummy's body so far away from? You know, Egypt, Egypt, because she is just so bad. We're trying to exile her. I, I We're trying to erase her from history. That's the vibe I'm getting, is they, they want her erased completely from history because she summoned Set and killed the Pharaoh. Mm. But was still going to, like, dedicate hundreds of thousands of slaves and man-hours to building one of the most elaborate temples you could possibly imagine on the ground. That rains mercury. That rains mercury. <laughs> that was a first. That was a first, which I think that is a thing in, like, that ancient Egyptian culture where Mercury was meant to ward off evil spirits. I'm like, that's cool, but goddamn, that's a lot of Mercury. Like, th- yeah. when, when um, who was it, Dr. Halsey, Vale, and Tom Cruise's character Nick, when they go down in there, they should all, like, die of Mercury poisoning, yeah. breathing the air. Yeah. But I, I guess that brings us to this. We meet Dr. Halsey. Uh, blonde Jenny. Jenny, blonde woman who will work for scale, scale, and um, she's what is it? She has this relationship with Tom Cruise's Nick, and they're and they hooked up one time. He, I'm gonna keep getting confused with Nick because Jake Johnson, his character in New Girl, is Nick. Nick. So yeah. I'm just like, wait, I'm like, oh, okay, we're not talking about that. Okay, yeah, and it it is kind of it is kind of confusing because when you see Tom Cruise in this movie, you're just like, well, that's just Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. He's not playing a character. He's playing. The same kind of he's he's Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, we're we're ready for him to take off running. I, I'm doing the running right now. We we did get the running earlier. We do, but we we have them. They we meet Dr. Halsey. She is this you know no nonsense. I'm a I'm a archaeologist working for the military to save priceless artifacts from being destroyed by terrorists. We're getting shades of Evie through her. You know, she's mm-hmm. walking through the the tomb ahead of the the two guys, and she's you know. Oh, there were scarabs here. There's this, you know, we're beginning the Easter eggs. Yeah, we're we're understanding that oh, she knows all of this and Nick is the muscle and it's that dynamic and you have Vale who's kind of this the comedic relief. The comedic relief. I'm like, "Okay, like they're they're establishing a trio mm-hmm. of characters for everyone to play off of." Which okay, which you know, harkens back to 99. Which harkens back to 99, but it also harkens to like any reasonable like action movie. You have your your straight man action hero, the beautiful woman who knows more than than they do, who's mm-hmm. leading them, and you have the comedic relief who's there to like break the tension, so you can still have action and comedy and romance. like and romance. Solid trilogy of, of characters works nine hundred percent of the time. It, it's a solid recipe. Solid recipe. And they get down into the tomb, they find the sarcophagus, and they're like, we got to get it out of here. There's a sandstorm coming. And then we have Nick and Vale that are immediately, ooh, let's start taking stuff from the dead. Which yeah. is always a big no-no. Uh, yes, because mummies curses. Yes. And, but, you know, it goes into them being like, well, they're not good guys. They're roguish treasure hunters. And that's I'll, never established. That's, it's kind of sort of, I mean, they called um, Tom Cruise a thief like 15 times yeah. in this movie. And it's like, 
okay, he tried to steal, like, some gold rings, but then Halsey stops him, and then he never does. So, mostly Vale is the, is mm-hmm. the thief we see on screen. And they try and show that Tom Cruise is not, like, a good guy, totally, but it's, like, none of it rings so true. Mm-hmm. But, okay, they... They raise the mummy. We see this big, you know, mythical thing where Nick is chosen as, as um, the mummy's, you know, the, the chosen one, the chosen one, right? The mummy's like, I will, I will do my ritual to you and bring you back as Set, the god of the dead, so he may walk the earth. And you know, cool. I, I okay. He's he's cursed by the mummy. Yeah. At first, he's like, well, this vision is because I'm in a room full of like mercury. I, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing things. You know, I'm in this room of hundreds of thousands of gallons of mercury. I'm probably just tripping balls. Mm-hmm. But they raise it. They raise the sarcophagus. They put it in this plane. They're gonna fly to England, I guess, to um, you know, study it or get it out of the yeah. war zone. And a sandstorm is a coming. And by th- by the way, well, I mean, how long is the plane ride from? Um, the heart of From, Iraq to England. I'd imagine that's a long flight. I I would think so too. Couple How, like three or like three, four, five hours. However, I'm gonna go back to the tomb because you know she is beneath you know the this pool of mercury, and there's this you know very elaborate band around all these statues of Anubis that are watching over her and making mm-hmm. sure she stays there. Yeah, and you know we have Jenny who's. I need to read this. I need to study this. And Tom Cruise is like, nah, fuck that. Let me shoot this rope and, you know, let's get her out of the water. It is one of the dumbest things because you want this sarcophagus to stay in the pool of mercury. Why would you rig up a system to immediately lift the sarcophagus out of the pool mm-hmm. of mercury? That's another thing. I get you want this big, like, noble thing of, oh, we have all these these. Uh, runes and hieroglyphs to you know bind the spirit but i'm like guys just dig a little deeper put a bunch of mercury into a into a thing and shove rocks over it Mm -hmm. just make no elaborate effort just just bury it and forget it all right even even the sarcophagus i'm kind of like that looks more like a siren on it than it does you know something that's ancient egyptian yeah, I mean, I I kind of like the design of the sarcophagus. I, it's the one thing I get this movie is I like the design of how the mummy looks with the hieroglyphs like tattooed all over oh, yeah. her body. I like the whole thing of like how the sarcophagus looks because it doesn't look Egyptian. It looks alien and way more evil. And I'm like, okay, that's that's different. That's that's a different take that I think is kind of cool. Because you really want you know ancient aliens. Uh, ancient aliens is um one of the best sitcoms on history channel but you know they raise the alien they they raise the alien they raise the mummy they're flying off in their plane the sandstorms are coming and this is where we get some drama between nick and doc halsey and they're like oh well like i thought you i thought you cared for me and he's like i do and she's like why'd you steal from me i never lied to you their romance is a bruin and you have Vale that's, you know, slowly dying because he was bitten by one of the spiders in the tomb. Yes. One of the camel spiders, and I forgot completely about the spiders. Oh, God. So it freaked me out when I saw them come out. I was like, oh, no. This is horrible. Yeah, he gets bitten by a spider. He dies, turns into a zombie, kills the sergeant on the plane. Yeah. 
uh, cuts up, like, untethers the t- the sarcophagus, and he's, like, he's, like, attacking everyone else on the plane, and then Tom Cruise and Nick, like, kills, like, kills him, shoots him, like, three yeah. times, drops him dead. Yeah. And right when this happens, the birds attack. Yes. The- We're going back to, you know... The locusts, we're, we're doing all of that, whereas, oh no, we, we've raised, you know, this mummy and now the world must suffer. Oh yes, the curse of the plagues of Egypt are upon us. But the birds come in, they bring the plane down. Yes. The, and as the plane's going down, <laughs> this is where, um, if anyone remembers the trailer for this movie that got released where they didn't mix the sound right. And it was just uh, Tom Cruise grunting. <laughs> yes. That, that's one of the famous like things about this movie was, I think it's, I think it's happened before, but this is probably the biggest movie it happened for. They released a trailer and this scene was in it where like all like um, Tom Cruise, you know, and all of them, they're being thrown around this mm-hmm. airplane as it's coming down. And the audio, they only released their dialogue. Yeah. Which is Tom Cruise going, whoa, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. And that's, and that's it. There's no sound of the plane noises. There's nope. no sound of, like, wind. There's no sound of them, their bodies hitting anything. That's, it's just their voices. No music. No music. It got released on YouTube as, like, their official trailer. And I don't know how anyone missed it. And, um, but this is that scene. Well, it was also released during a, an IMAX screening. Oh, that's so, so bad. So people were sitting there listening to it. Uh, people, if you only saw that trailer, you probably thought this was a comedy. Yeah. You're like, what is this? But I gotta see it. <laughs> it is, that's like that movie Top Secret with like Val Kilmer. Where oh, you love that movie? I, I do love that. That movie is so funny. But they're like sneaking a, around the, the encampment and they're walking through like these leaves and they're rustling and Val Kilmer just like, guys, be quiet. And they're like, okay. And then they go back to walking just as normal, but they just cut the leaf sound out. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just a really funny little gag. It's a bit. It's a bit. In this, it was an accident. But it's going down. Tom Cruise or Nick manages to get um, a parachute on Dr. Halsey and, you know, sends her outside the plane, releases the parachute so she can survive. Yeah. And then the plane crashes. Yes. White light. Silence. Sad music comes in. Dr. Halsey is the lone survivor and the English doctors because they crashed in England because a nine-hour flight, hey, whatever. Yeah. We need you to identify the bodies. And she's like, oh, okay. And as she goes down, Nick's alive. He's buck naked in the morgue, in the morgue, but he's he's alive. He's like, oh, what the hell happened here? Bursts his way out of a body bag, a clear body bag. Yes. Um, which mm. is terrifying when you think about that. You know, you wake up in a body bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little terrifying. We even get the little toe tag on him too. I'm like, wow, really? You know, attention to detail there. Ah, oh, thank you, thank yes. you. Also, the the dramatic attention to detail of how you can obviously <laughs> tell they are CGIing abs on Tom Cruise. Yes. I mean, I know Tom Cruise is one of these guys that's really into keeping, like, in shape and mm-hmm. looking good and trying to look young. But, oh, oh, Lord. I, I would recommend people looking up this scene because you can so tell Tom Cruise's head is, like, CGI'd a little bit on, like, somebody else's body or, <laughs> like, the... Thought- that body is jacked. And I'm like, that is not shredded. you under those clothes. No. Yeah. And it's like, like, it, it's really, really, 
like weird. I'm like, are you, you know, are you hulking out a little bit there? Oh god, because like, don't get me wrong. Like Tom Cruise, he goes above and beyond to try and like look good for his movies because yeah. he's a he's a professional. Yeah. He's a crazy person, but he's a fucking professional. Yeah. But like, you can see the digital de aging, and you can see the hard <laughs> lines mm-hmm. of where his neck and body are meeting. And I'm like, this is really awkward, dog. Yeah. But you know, they discover Nick is alive, and he's like, well, I'm cursed by the mummy. Of course, I'm alive. Cause fuck you, magic. And, and now I can speak ancient Egyptian, and I understand these things, and I know more than you do. And as that's happening, we now see where the mummy is. The mummy has crashed in some sort of, like, church area, yard or whatever, and she's, yeah. um, you know, uh, sucking the life out of security guards and nameless people to revive herself and create zombie henchmen. Yeah, which, you know, zombies. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, that's the best part. They're not mummies. They're zombies. They're zombies. Yeah, yeah. and it's terrifying. Um, but she's she's alive, and you know, th- this is the part where they're in the bar, and Doctor Halsey reinstates the plot, so everyone's caught up in case you missed the and opening. You got Nick that's drinking the bar. Yeah, Nick's drinking the bar, and Nick sees a uh, veil over at the bar. And this is where we begin our American Werewolf in London bit. Yeah, because. Now Vale is like, I'm cursed now, and because I died, and because of her, you're cursed, now we're going to reenact American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. where I'm going to chime in and be, like, goofy to you, because mm-hmm. I'm uh, Jake Johnson, and I'm a really funny comedic actor, Yeah. and you're Tom Cruise, and really don't don't fit in this, but fuck it, I'm here to carry the scene. And um, it, this feels weird, right? Yeah. This is, like, bordering on, like, too comedic for this movie yeah i mean there's parts where it's like oh we're serious and then it's a little too slapsticky mm-hmm. yeah and then you just see all the other movie references that they're just trying to pull into this one movie and it's like well i thought this was your kickoff to the dark universe i thought this was gonna be its own beast mm-hmm. and it's like no I- i'm able to pull from so many other movies this is kind of... Thought you'd be a little bit more original with your yeah, concepts. Or... more original, more organic. And don't get me wrong. I love American Werewolf in London. Me too. One of, one of my favorites. We've met David. We did. And it's like, this is just such a weird thing to insert in this movie. And like, I get it. You wanted to keep Vale around because he's your... In comedic the, relief. In comedic relief. In your trilogy of... Or in like, maybe not trilogy. Your... Your trinity of your action characters. Mm-hmm. You have Tom Cruise, Nick, playing the action hero. You have Doc Halsey playing the, I know what's going on here, and I'm going to direct the the plot. And then you have, you know, Vale, who's supposed to be the comedic relief, lining, leaving mm-hmm. tension. I was like, why isn't he, like, revived as a zombie? And now he is, like, the main hench person for the mummy. The mummy. And now Nick's motivation is like, well, I'm cursed, but I got to save my buddy Vale. Yeah. Like, he, he shouldn't be doing this. He's, like, corrupted by the mummy. That would have been a little bit more interesting. Yeah, he could be Benny. He could, Yeah, he could be Benny, right? I think that would have been a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Granted, you lose, like, the trinity of comedy, or the trinity there and the comedy bit. Yeah. But at least it would have made the plot more interesting. And it would give Nick a little bit more motivation than, well... I'm Tom fucking Cruise. Of course I'm going to save the world. It's well, And of course I'm going to break this curse. Of course I'm going to break this curse. It's like, no, I have to save my friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, and like, if she kills me, then she, you know, Seth walks the earth, but 
I got to make some sacrifices for the you know the people close to me. I like that would work more with mm-hmm. this plot, but we digress. Yes, because now we find out that the mummy is growing stronger. She's getting a whole army, and Nick is going a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we then figure out like the mummy. She needs the jewel to complete a ritual when she like manages to corner Nick because Nick's like. Yeah, because the jewel goes into um, the dagger, right? The dagger. You know, you can't use it without the jewel. So it's the search, you know, okay, we found the dagger. Now we have to find the jewel. Yeah, and the whole thing is, like, she's in Nick's head. Mm -hmm. Like, she's able to, like, subconsciously draw Nick to her. Like, what is it? Like, they're at the graveyard, and Nick and Doc Halsey try to drive away. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "There's there's a freeway here, a highway here. I can get out of here. And he just ends up driving in a circle, mm-hmm. and he's back like, back to the church where she is. And he's like, I don't, I don't know why I did this. And Jenny's like, because you know she's in your head, duh. And then we get the chase through the woods, and it's, it's a thing where it's like, I get what they're trying to do here. Like Nick's not responsible for his stuff, and the mummy's mm-hmm. drawn to him, and there's this whole like, like oh she wants you, and this weird love sex element, and all those like weird cringy flashbacks where you taking see taking you to the desert taking you to the desert um or when you see uh what what's the actress who plays the mummy because she she's like a really good actress oh, she's yeah. in like kingsman comic she's in a bunch of movies but i forget her name me too i even forget the mummy's name i mean she's princess something um yeah uh it's sophia batella Okay, so the cringy scenes when you see Sofia Batella like straddling Tom Cruise in the yeah. weird desert flashbacks, or even in the church when yes. when she's ready to sacrifice him and she's you know up on the altar up on top of him and she's like and- licking his abs and I'm like what the <laughs> fuck is this like this is like like I'm feeling real this is like rapey shit honestly like this is just so uncomfortable uh... and like don't get me wrong really good actress she's playing this creepy like like mummy thing great but it's really really off-putting when i see her licking tom cruise's abs like there's whipped cream on there yeah yeah and you know that man probably hasn't eaten whipped cream in like 40 years gotta stay cut you gotta stay ripped gotta stay cut up you know that cgi you know Mm -hmm. can only go so far but um they do the chase through the woods, and she's and they're like, "Oh, we need to get the jewel because if we break the jewel, we break the curse." Mm-hmm. And um, another crash scene. And yeah, they do a big old crash, and right when it all is gonna seem lost, like SWAT quote unquote shows up. All mm-hmm. like they they come in, they trank everybody, they manage to capture the mummy, which I and didn't know it was that easy. Who knew that we had you know common tranquilizers to bring down an ancient mummy? Who knew? Who knew? If only they had that free Emotep. Exactly. Would have been a faster process. Oh, just like a couple of a couple of ludes and he would have gone mm. right out. But uh, and you know I I think it's so fucking dumb that they were like, well we just have guns and we're like we're like some paramilitary special stuff and we can do anything and we captured an a five thousand year old mummy with Is no biggie. With no biggie, right? But this is when, you know, Nick wakes up and we see the what the SWAT team actually is. They're part of this monster containment unit. We see the monster lab yes. with all the references you love to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, we get the walkthrough because, you know, they had to bring in Tom Cruise 
in a straight jacket because who knows what power he's capable of. Oh, yeah. He uh, keeps dying, but he keeps coming back. Exactly. And, and we get to see references to the Dracula, gil- Dracula with the skull, uh, the gill man with oh, the yeah. hand. The gill man arm, yeah. Uh, well, was was there another reference in the lab? Just the lab specifically. There is a reference in the lab, but that happens during the fight. Mm, okay, okay. But I mean, the the big reference are we get because you know we have the mummy that is now trapped in there. They're you know pumping mercury into her to weaken her, but we've got another monster that's in the lab. Yes, we finally get to meet Russell Crowe's character in earnest, the one who gave us the great. Uh, voiceover in the beginning, or maybe not great, but at least it was fun. Mm-hmm. We meet Dr. Henry Jekyll, mm-hmm. also known as Jekyll and Hyde, and I love this so much. Were you tee-hee-heeing? A, a little. There was a tee, maybe not a hee-hee, but there was definitely a tee. Because, like, okay, for anyone who doesn't know, Dr. Jack, the strange, the I think it's The Strange Case of Dr. Yes. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is the original title. That is, like, my favorite book. I probably, that's probably the first book I read as a kid that made me, like, oh, no, books can be cool. Yeah. You know, and granted, if you read the that book now, you're, like, fucking weirdo. But, <laughs> no, I, I really liked that book. I thought it was really interesting, this dichotomy of, like good and evil it's a it's also a book you can really read in the idea of like drug addiction Mm -hmm. or oh this is like how obsession can distance you from those closest to you it's a very like good book i really love it and russell crowe he's a really good actor i'm like russell crowe you're in gladiator i liked you in the nice guys with like ryan gosling Mm -hmm. um you're one of those people i've seen in like cinderella man you're you're a good solid actor yeah can be kind of a dick sometimes but hey you like you have great taste in watches <laughs> and i'm like oh okay i'm in i'm I'm in and also he knows what fucking movie he's in and he does a great performance as dr jekyll and mr hyde yes uh, and okay we're, we're gonna get to the fight scene where i'm like this is where i know russell crowe is like perfect for this but before that we see what's going on so the mummy is being injected with all this mercury because she's going to be dissected and they try and have us give sympathy to the mummy and, and it's jenny too you know you said you were going to study her and he goes well that's how we're going to study her we're going to kill her and then you know figure out what makes her you know cool mummy lady why on god's green earth is jenny and nick Okay, Nick I get because Nick is still like, well, I'm cursed by her and I have this weird attraction to her and mm-hmm. she has this this power over me. But Jenny should be like, yo, Nick, like, like she killed like a lot of fucking people and she like real fucking evil. Yeah, no, like maybe we should dissect her. I don't. And also up to this point, we've seen her only as pure evil. Like, yeah, literal. I killed my infant brother in the crib. Evil. Yeah, I need you to feel sorry for me. I think Jenny not only you know feels empathy towards her, but I think it's also this is a living, breathing person that was around you know in the ancient Egyptian days, mm-hmm. and I think Jenny as a she's a um, uh, archaeologist, Egyptologist. Ar- it's never yeah. just defined. She's a scientist of of many talents. That's one thing I don't like about the movie is they don't kind of you know explain who these characters are. So it's like you're kind of just grasping at straws, but I think Jenny Moore is like, you know, this is the opportunity to actually talk to somebody from this time and learn all the things that we've only speculated about. And I think that's what she wants is, you know, to have a conversation. And uh, 
Amanet. That's who the the female mummies call. Yeah, that they yeah. Princess Amanet, I think, is how it's pronounced. And yeah. she's like, she goes, "You will learn these things when I kill you." Okay, <laughs> okay. See, I like that when yeah. you know the prince when she's talking to her in like ancient Egyptian, which I'm like, "Honey, great learning ancient Egyptian." I don't know who you're practicing with, but good on you. And, and I love the mummies like. Yeah, e- uh, English is such an easy language. But I got you. Yeah, and she, yeah, and they start talking in English because fuck subtitles. And she's like, "The only reason you want to, you really want to know what I saw on the other side. But what's behind the veil? What's behind the veil of death?" And she's like, "Yes, yes." And she's like, "Oh, you'll find out when I kill you." <laughs> <laughs> Evil laugh ensues. But I'm like, okay, well, that's an interesting motivation yeah. for her if she was like. Oh, why if if they asked why do you study this stuff or whatever, and she could be like, you know, because that's like a really human thing of like I'm afraid of dying. I don't know what's on the other side. Like that's a human I'm, thing. I'm curious, right? What is there? And it could be a thing where she could have said, "Oh, well, my uncle or brother or whatever, um, uh, my uncle Victor." Was obsessed with death, and after something ha- no, like that would have been hilarious. My, my great great grandfather Victor <laughs> Victor von Frankenstein was obsessed with death, and she had, he said he had a, a girlfriend, and you know she was kind of crazy when he passed. <laughs> but I thought that would have been like really hilarious if it turns out Doctor Halsey is like a descendant of Frankenstein, and like that's why she's obsessed mm-hmm. with death, and she's and that's why he's like she's like you just want to know what's on the other side. She's like, yes, it's a curse in my family, death. Our obsession. She's like, like that would have been. She's like, that yeah. Been funny. She's like, even my my grandfather Frederick, he was really interested too. It was a uh, family uh, thing. A uh, Frederick Frankenstein. Frederick. <laughs> See, like that again. I'm hard means on that one, yeah. but if you're gonna do a dark universe, fucking like whip the dick out on the table and say, here's <laughs> what we're fucking doing. If you uh, made her like, okay, I'm a, a Frankenstein, a Frankenstein or something, or like that. You know, I or maybe that's the thing. Like Jekyll's like, or when she's like, when Jekyll is explaining to Nick why she is there, and she's like, well, she's been part of the blah blah, and we recruited her. It could he could have been like, well, her family's they are not monsters, but they are the creators of monsters, and all that. Like that would have given bluha, bluha. That would have been funny, but like when that's going on. Then we, you know, they're they're uncovering the jewel in the tombs or whatever that mm-hmm. we saw in the beginning of the movie. With the Crusaders. With the Crusaders. And right in this moment, because we need an action scene. Yes. But also when uh, Russell Crowe gives Nick a drink and says, welcome to a new world of, of gods, gods and, and monsters. monsters. And I was just like, ah. It's, <laughs> say what you will, Russell Crowe delivers the line at least well. He does. And then we see it being given through a reflection yeah so it's like so who's telling you that is it uh jekyll that's telling you or is it hyde that's welcoming you jekyll or hyde and Mm -hmm. this is in like the mummy now that she can sense the jewel because it's been uncovered she's like trying to break out but nick is preoccupied because hyde has arrived because dr jekyll he's trying to do this injection to like save himself yeah we've seen this at least two times in the movie so far so how often is he injecting himself to to keep Hyde down? It's probably like every few hours or some some such thing. It's he needs to do it when the plot demands it. That's yes, what and, it is, and that's what we're getting. And we get Tom Cruise, and he's like, "No, you know, fuck your your medicine that you need. I'm gonna hold the syringes, and you're gonna tell me things." And I'm like, 
homie. You don't want to do that. You want to let him, you know, take the medicine. Yeah, because, like, Nick's like, I don't want to die to save your, to adopt this curse and blah, blah, blah. And, and Jekyll's like, no, I need that shit. Like, I really need this shit. <laughs> and then. you ev- sorry. And then the henchmen are like, oh, we got to, oh, he's turning. Let's get the fuck. And yeah. the henchmen take everyone out and, and leave Nick and now Mr. Hyde in the room. And now we get why Russell Crowe is great in this movie when he turns into not Edward Hyde, but Eddie Hyde. And (laughs) he is chewing the scenery. He is goofy as fuck. And he's, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Come on. You become the, you become the, the God of the dead, the razor of evil. And you'll have your old buddy here, Eddie Hyde, (laughs) watching your back. And it's, and it's so goofy and dumb and I I loved every second of it because it's the only part of the movie where I thought okay we finally have somebody who understands the movie they're in yes they're not in a they're not in a giant tear the house down blockbuster action flick they're not in a we're a a serious horror film trying to do homages they're not in the wolfman with Benicio del Toro they're not in fucking endgame they're in the mummy. They're here to be. We're gonna be a little goofy, a little tongue in cheek, and we're gonna try and have you guys have a good time yeah. as we dance around in our monster costumes, Woo-hoo! and we're gonna try and do these. It's a monster mash. Exactly, and like that's the thing. The Universal monster movies, like okay, the Universal monster films, for the most part, they're not scary movies. They're fun, kind of mm-hmm. campy. They're a little spooky. Like you go if you're gonna watch any of them now they're you're gonna watch and be like ah that yeah that's kind of goofy okay that's a little spooky you know uh, none of them are like but if you're gonna you know. if you want to do funny then you do abbott and costello meet frankenstein where you get a whole batch of the monsters in one film you do any of the james whale mm-hmm. um ones frankenstein bride invisible man. invisible man uh even like like that's the thing they are turning the dark universe i think's intention was to make action films with these horror characters involved the horror icons the horror icons maybe there'll be some ho- like my like horror elements like there's some part of like the mummy sucking the life out of it. i was like okay that's like scary oh we're gonna have like a jump scare or two but, but you gotta do it through the lips exactly you know i'm, I'm like <sighs> again they were like we have a hot female mummy in here walking around and her like tattered you know bandages you might see tits but sucking the life out of people. Sucking that life right out. Oh, Jesus Christ. They, they, somebody was horned up when they were writing this. <laughs> Very much. But, but, um, but we get to the, the main fight scene. And one of the... I mean, I know you know what my favorite part of the fight scene is. Mm. But one that was unexpected for me is when Tom Cruise is running to the door to get out. And he's like, you know what? Let me use his hand so I can unlock the door. And right off the bat, it reads E hide, and it cancels out the opening or unlocking the door. And I'm yeah, like, I because, love because before he doesn't, it's like J Jack or H Jekyll, and now mm-hmm. it's E hide. I'm like, oh, they know oh, that's so cool. So it's like you know, it's something very small, but it's like it works. And you've got Hyde that's just laughing and laughing, and he goes, "They know not to let me out." <laughs> it's it's so much fun. Is is this fight scene? And it's the only part of the movie that I. Th- think i actually enjoyed and it's only because 
it is campy and dumb and russell crowe is having a great time he's chewing the scenery he's chewing the fuck out of it and people are gonna say yeah but it's so bad I'm like yes but at least it has personality it does and then it has it... my favorite easter egg because jenny she goes in through one of the doors that hasn't locked yet she's trying to release nick from the room with hyde because she knows who hyde is and nick does and she's trying to save him and we have one of the other henchmen that follows her and is like, you know, Jenny, don't do it, don't do it. And they're fighting in this big library that's separated and it's like uh, soundproof. Yeah. So you've got two fights going on at the same time. And she's being thrown around trying to break open the glass. And then she picks up the book of the living, the gold book, the book from The Mummy 99. And then she smacks the dude in the face with it. See, I was like, oh, that's a cool little Easter egg. And in my head, I'm like, wait a minute. Did the O'Connells exist in this universe? Are we going to retroactively call those part of the Dark Universe? Because yeah. if we did, at least that gives a little bit more pedigree to it. Was that uh, Nick's, you know, maybe grandparents? That would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a whole kettle of fish that uh, also he'd probably be like their son or late stage son. Because what, Tom Cruise is like 58 in this movie? Who knows what age he <laughs> is in this movie, but he could have been like, oh, you know, I come from a long family of treasure hunters and explorers. Yeah. And then, you know, nod to the O'Connells. It would have been funny because what is it in tomb of the dragon emperor like rick has like they, they give him the fountain of youth water so he you know doesn't die alive. it would have been hilarious if you know they did the like the end credits like the avengers stinger yeah where you see some where, where it's like you know oh nick's like in a bar somewhere you know and he and you know somebody calls out it's like hey the name is rick o'connell I got a job for you, but you might know me as Van Helsing. <laughs> because it would have been funny if it's like, oh, because Rick's now an immortal, he's you know, yeah. he's going around fighting these villains or whatever in post like, I guess World War Two, I suppose. Yeah. But that would have been funny if it's like, oh, Brendan Fraser comes back and his whole shtick is he is still Rick O'Connell, but he goes by the alias Van Helsing uh, of Van Helsing, like 007, yeah. right? You know, like that's the theory that all the 007 actors are different James Bonds, and that's yeah. just a code name. That would have been funny if, oh, Van Helsing's a code name. He was the original fighter of Dracula, and he's like, when I die, I hand my alias to an apprentice mm -hmm. to keep fighting these fights and all these other things. Like, yeah. oh, Jekyll and Hyde, he's running like the evil monster organization, but Van Helsing is fighting like the good monster organization. That. Again, the promises of the Dark Universe not, not made <laughs> and not know. kept. So many opportunities. Uh, but in this, you know, the fight's happening. You know, Nick finally gets the upper hand and subdues Hyde, and he's out of the movie forever. Forever, and then this is where the movie really picks up. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of time left in the movie. Yeah, and it's also a thing where the mummy finally gets loose, and she's like, I'm gonna go and, and get the jewel and complete my ritual because look how fucking cool i am <laughs> buy my action figure and they nah. and they have yeah oh god you remember there was like action figures and the whole toy line related to this oh yeah i mean i still wish i know it's still available some people have them like uh, jimmy's frankincense they still have like the mummy stuff oh the og ones the, the action figures the rick o'connell doll so i'm gonna try to hunt those down oh, good luck with that but as you're hunting those down, they are racing through the subway tunnels trying to get to the tomb of the Crusaders? Yeah, the one that's beneath the water. Because at this point, they found 
the one that's above land and the one that's you know buried under the water yeah and they're gonna and that's where the jewel is and they're racing to get the jewel so they can break the jewel and break the curse or the mummy can get the jewel and complete the curse and and, then we get you know one of the the creepier scenes all the zombies in the tube yeah and they're moving fast yes we get fast (laughs) zombies we also the part where um they they get under the water and And, nick's trying to swim away and and then you see you know the the tomb starts to open and they're coming out of the graves and like it's very thriller yeah like again this is where the part where oh this is like all the action stuff's coming in for the third act big climax stuff and i'm like oh okay (laughs) i can turn my brain off and enjoy this yeah and then it just kind of keeps going. Yeah. It keeps going. And then it, we finally get to, like, the, the tomb, right? We have we get uh, – the mummy has gotten the jewel. Uh, Dr. Halsey has been drowned, and she's dying. And Nick, Tom Cruise well, is no, like – she's dead. She is dead. She, she's floating. Yeah. They all float. They all float down here. But, yeah, so Doc Halsey is, like, dead. And Nick is like, oh, no, I can't, can't believe this. And they're having the final showdown. The mummy versus – Scientologist Tom Cruise, <laughs> you know, Xenu versus Set, who will win? And um uh don't sue me, Scientology. I'm making this as a as a as a joke and it's parody. Don't, don't do it. Um but they're having their showdown and you know, she's like just and Nick finally gets the dagger away from her, right? Yeah, cuz she's just trying to like, you know, get him to obey. She's been in his head, so it's like, you know, finally it's like, you know, Give up, give in, you know, let me, you know, fully take over. Give up, begin, let me begin. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, jump around, House of Pain. Yes. Go listen to it at uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day. So he gets the dagger, and she's like, damn thief, you know, always taking this shit. And, you know, he's, you know, takes one strong hit to the ground with the dagger. It starts to break. And then she goes, wait, wait, wait. You could be a god. You could be... A god among men. You could, you know, be the ruler of death, bring people back to life. And he's like, yo, I could bring Jenny back to life, though. Yep. Then he stabs himself. So he completes the ritual and makes himself this walking god of death and mummy god. And then he kills uh, the the mummy proper. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he raises Dr. Halsey back by turning into a a thing. uh, By turning into a bad CGI. I know. It was like... I was trying to figure out what he looked like because he had like needle teeth. So I was like, he looks like how they make vampires look in Supernatural. Yeah, so something similar of that, and it's a wake up because he's just so frustrated. He's just like wake up. He's like I don't know what I'm doing. And then we see Doc Halsey. There's is no in manual a... when you become set. And you, we see where Doc Halsey is. She's in a shampoo commercial, and then she oh wakes up from the veil, and she's like oh so that's what it is. I'm in a <laughs> Chanel commercial in the afterlife. And, and he's um, like, I really could have had the Book of the Living with me right now. Goddamn. That might explain so much more. <laughs> oh, Lord. But Dr. Halsey is saved from the afterlife. And she's like, oh, Nick, please don't go. And he's like, no, I have to go because I'm a monster now. Whilst he's in the shadows. Yes, because, you know. What we do in the shadows. Exactly. <laughs> and then you get the whole, like, he disappears into the darkness as, the, you know, the SWAT people come back and they rescue Halsey. And we get the voiceover and we're like, I don't know where he is now, but wherever he is, 
He is ushered in a new world of gods and monsters. And we see Nick. And he could be our greatest ally. Our greatest ally. And we see Tom Cruise has raised Vale, Jack Johnson. And they're like the dynamic duo again. Back in action. And he's like. And, and he's covered up the entire time. We never see. We just see his eyes. Yeah. And so uh, it's like, who is he? Has he transformed? Is he a true monster now? But he's like, but he tells, but Jack's, or yeah. Vale. Uh, vale. Vale is like, hey, you know, thanks for raising me from the dead and everything like that. But can't, Hey, man, that was really cool. <laughs> that was really cool. Thanks for raising me from the dead. But huh, why are we all out here? And Nick's like, huh, oh, simple Vale. Always questioning the call to adventure. And they, whoa. On ride, his black stallion. On his black stallion. And they ride off into the desert and the sand storms coming behind. And at that moment, I'm like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> I know, I know I've been like, it sounds like we've been really positive for the whole third, like, action climax, but at that... We were just really excited for that Tom, or not the Tom Cruise, um, the Russell Crowe fight scene. Yeah, but in that moment, I'm like, fuck you, movie, you're really gonna try and sequel bait me out here, uh, call out a cinematic universe Because this was the beginning to the dark universe. Of course they were gonna leave it with a cliffhanger. Yeah, okay, okay, so, I guess laying it out on the table cards all the way out the dark universe this is this was going to be their launching point we Mm -hmm. said in the beginning but the promises made for this movie yes what were the promises made promises made were uh we were gonna get the bride of frankenstein i think next yes we're sorry angelina jolie javier bardem was supposed to be the actual monster yeah he was gonna be frankenstein and then we were gonna get the invisible man with johnny depp we had this whole you know marvel cinematic universe but it's the monster cinematic universe and with this one tanked at the box office yeah um i have the numbers here okay. the budget is rough it they gave me a weird thing it's between 125 and 195 million mm-hmm. i'm rounding it i'll say 150 million yeah but it doesn't matter it only made 410 million yeah which if you're wondering uh listeners out there the tomb of the dragon emperor made exactly five million more and also cost <coughs> a, a, li- a little less than than 150 million yeah like this is i believe the lowest grossing mummy film yeah. of the franchise if you count this as part of the original or the 99 franchise yeah because it's the reboot but yeah this one made the least amount of money granted 410 million but a lot of that was like foreign markets mm-hmm. it took a while to get there it's also one of these movies that critically no one really liked. Yeah, I mean, it's an entertaining movie, but not if you think of it in the universe of Universal Monsters. And even then, it's entertaining in... That one scene. In that one scene. Everything else is, again, this is the definition of middle-of-the-road blockbuster action. Plot's really not... The plot's really simple, it gets restated every 20 minutes so you don't lose your place. Mm-hmm. It's um not it's <laughs> it's not bad in production. Everything is competently set up and made, but none of it is feeling inspired. None of it feels like oh somebody loved this material and is trying no. to bring it to life. It's it's made by a studio. It's made by a studio. I mean, there were a lot of promises and seeing the lead up that was going to happen after this movie which eventually would have given us kind of like a Monster Squad movie where all the monsters come together. 
So I imagine that Russell Crowe's uh, Dr. Jekyll would have been like our Nick Fury mm-hmm. bringing the team together. It, the other, See, there's the problem, I guess, in concept with this dark universe is... And we see this in, um, I guess, the Invisible Man movie that actually did come out that's not part of the dark universe. That's so good. Very good. Very good. But the these movies, because when you really hunker down on the dark universe and the universal monsters is in their classic iterations, they are the villains. Yes. They are the bad guys. And you don't... The only ones you feel sympathy for are maybe like Frankenstein, maybe the Wolfman. The Bride. The Bride. Like, you feel sympathetic towards them, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they're the bad guys. They're the villains. Yeah. So you're going to have an entire cinematic universe based around literal villains, monsters, where they're going to be trying to turn into anti-heroes and you're going to have them try and fight what? Who is the bigger bad of Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman? Like, who is their bad villain? Because traditionally, it's like Van Helsing. Yeah. It's like, you know, a doctor this or or something this, but it's... who. What what was their big overall plan? They're gonna be like, oh, we're gonna get together and fight Dracula because Dracula's the main villain. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't heard that one before. Or oh, we're Monster gonna squad. yeah, or we're gonna fight um t- like we're gonna fight these children and teenagers in suburban California because Monster Squad. Or like Doctor Jekyll was gonna turn and he's gonna be Edward Hyde, and now oh they have to band together to fight Edward Hyde or or that it it's one of those things. Or it's gonna turn into Grimm. Or yeah, or turn into that show, or they're, it'll I turn love in, or they're, it's gonna turn into League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yes, a James Moriarty is still alive, and he's the Napoleon of crime, and he's going to tear you all asunder. Yeah, in the heart of it, the Dark Universe promise, I don't think could have been kept in no. a cinematic universe they wanted. But I really wish they committed and just tried to make. Maybe more modest, budgeted, straight horror films yep. that involve the Universal Monsters. Because the Invisible Man showed that, no, this works. It's possible. It, it is very, very possible and doable to do it in this day and age and make the story unique compared to the original movie, which was very you know groundbreaking for its time. Really great plot. But you bring it to a modern setting, and it worked. It did. And they, and they understood, like, okay, the Invisible Man... You will make him the villain. We'll switch the dynamic of mm-hmm. who's the good person, who's the bad person. We'll make it something more about like this gaslighting, this whole thing mm-hmm. of of this paranoia, you know, relationships like that. An abusive relationship. An abusive relationship. Like that movie understood the monster, understood how you can invert it on the original and make it something new and fresh. And that movie worked. What could they have done? And the other thing is that movie. Small budget. I think it only costs like ten million to make. I think so. It's like not that expensive, mm-hmm. and it was done by Bloomhouse. And they're like, we're gonna make it a straight horror movie. People love horror movies. Make it a modest budget. Make it something that we know is gonna work. You can, as long as it's, and also if it's a lower budget, you can be more creative with it. Yeah. Because you don't have all this money breathing down your neck, saying, "You look, if you don't make Avengers Endgame, then this movie's gonna crash and your career's over." Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those things where I'm like, God. Damn it, just just make competent horror movies with these characters and you'll make your money and it will work. If you try and combine them later, good for you, but understand the formula by which these were designed for. Yep. 
But, you know, the promises of the Dark Universe. Yeah, so many promises. Do you have any big, big thoughts on this movie? I mean, I love the Easter eggs. Um, I think it could have been done better, uh, plot-wise. Even some of the actors, I, I don't think that Tom Cruise was the right fit for our lead character to crusade into the Dark Universe. But, I mean, they were spot on when they landed Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. I think they really needed someone not Tom Cruise, you know, not with that, you know, he is his own character. It's like, we need somebody that can, you know, really embody this treasurer, you know, rugged, kind of a a soldier, but not really a soldier. A little bit of a wise ass, but Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's a good guy. He's a kind of a roguish type, but he's not going to backstab you. Yeah. You know, a Chris Pratt. A a Chris Pratt. uh, Nathan Fillion comes to mind. Nathan Fillion would have been great. And he could have pulled off being Rick O'Connell's grandson or great-grandson if they want to tie it into that universe. They also, I mean, like, even Mark Wahlberg might even be a little bit better suited for this. Granted, you would have him being, like, really Boston in this movie. That's what I was going to say. I I keep thinking of his accent. You keep thinking of... mummy? What? He's like, he's like, yo, there's a mummy over there. Yeah, right over there about a cat. Yeah, it's really funny because people think, yeah, he's from Boston, but he... People think he has the Boston accent from Departed, and that's just how he talks. I'm like, no, he's got, like, a light Boston accent. Like, you know, he's regional dialect, but he can drop it, right? Yeah. Watch Boogie Nights, people. You love Boogie Nights. It's a good, it's a really good movie. It's really good, uh, uh, hard to recommend. But, um, you know, but there's, like, I can think of five or six actors that are probably a better fit for this role. Yeah, because you have somebody design. that, you know, that's going to be there for the the follow-up films you know you mm. need somebody that we're, we're getting the team together you know we're, we're starting that yeah and it's i think it's a thing where tom cruise is a uh, granted tom cruise has more money than god and he's been in the mission impossible movies mm-hmm. he's been he's top gun maverick made so much money oh, they brought it back to the theater it yeah. helped revive the theater yeah like he's also been a movie star for like 30 years at this point like More, a level a list yeah. high level movie star he worked with kubrick in 99 and i think that's the thing he's like oh i could have been in this like cult classic they made a bunch of money in the mummy 99 he was in interview with a vampire yeah also there's a lot of good tom cruise performances he's not a bad actor he's a little limited but he knows what he's good oh, at yeah, i love his movies i love the mission impossible movies uh war of the worlds it's just i felt like they could have used somebody that was maybe more of a character actor somebody who was somebody who just wasn't this a-list i know my personality and i'm gonna rewrite the movie to make my style work somebody that is able to create characters and can move on to other movies and turn into a completely different character yeah it's i think it's the sad part is that tom cruise missed out on being in the mummy Mm -hmm. in 99 he missed out on being iron man in 2008 yeah and this might have been his thing of Man, I missed out on being in being the linchpin of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He missed out on being the but cult I, classic beloved action hero of the Mummy. But Robert Downey Jr. does such a great job as Iron Man, Tony He's, Stark. Yes, but here here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think Tom Cruise cares about that. I think Tom Cruise was annoyed that he wasn't able to be that level of iconic. 
And I this guess. was his attempt of trying to be that level of iconic to create to be the linchpin of a new cinematic universe because it's Tom Cruise and he doesn't half-ass anything. He probably wanted this to be bigger than the MCU, bigger than everything. Yeah, I mean, and it but, just failed. But I mean, he has his own cinematic universe with Mission Impossible. There's how many Mission Impossible movies? Well, those are like he's a, he has he's the main star of a franchise, but he wants he in, in Mission Impossible huge franchise. And again, after this movie in 2017. He's only gone on to make yeah. solid, big, awesome in Mission Impossible movies mm-hmm. that just, you know, top the next one and all that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I think he wanted to be like, I want a, I want a giant Robert Downey Jr. level contract. I want to be somebody that is so tied into this massive pop culture bubble. It's like, I can go to anywhere in any country and be, you know, a walking god. I want kids in, you know nick whatever my last name is costumes for halloween Mm -hmm. he want again he wants to be this level of beloved that robert downey jr is because he's iron man and brendan fraser as rick o'connell and yeah exactly and i think his attempt was this movie and then it didn't work and then he's like i'm going back to the well doing my mission impossible movies Mm -hmm. what is it ghost protocol and all that stuff those came out after and then goes back to the well even harder with top gun maverick Mm -hmm. which makes more money than god and I think he's just figured out that I don't want to try and go out of my wheel well wheelhouse again to yeah. try and chase anything. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he can make. And he's just going to be making those from now on. And that also means we're probably never going to get another Dark Universe movie in any time soon. No, I mean, you know, there's not rumblings. You know, there's actual confirmation of things that are going to come out. Ryan Gosling is going to be in the Wolfman movie. Mm. Uh, there's a Dracula movie that's either in pre-production or they're in production right now. Uh, Guillermo del Toro said he's finally going to do his monster universe where he's going to tackle Frankenstein and the Bride. And Let's be honest. Guillermo del Toro just wants to make a Frankenstein movie so fucking and, bad. And I trust him with all my heart. That man loves Frankenstein the Bride, and I like I I think he's the perfect person to hand it off to because he would do it the most authentic. Yes, and the other thing is, like I think everyone knows, it's like look if you want to just make a Monsters Universe, give Del Toro a, like fucking a billion dollars, he'll make you a fucking Monsters Universe. He made his own version of the Gilman, and it won you know the Academy Award. Exactly, and I think it's a thing where they you know the pattern you want to do, you you give it to Del Toro. He'll make you the he'll be, all the fans will get behind it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gonna be like, no, he respects his material. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. It, yeah, it's this is perfect. Yeah, no one will have an argument with it. But the commitment to it is the problem because mm-hmm. you know uni- Universal, you know, better for worse, they're a business and they don't want to blow four hundred or two hundred million dollars on a movie and have it be for the fans and not able to hit a mass audience and sell it yeah that's the reason why you know del toro's in the mount in the mountain of madness film the hp lovecraft adaptation mm-hmm. really isn't going to get made because it's going to cost too much money and it's made for people like dean who <laughs> loves like call of cthulhu and hp lovecraft and all that shit but like there ain't a lot of me out there that's going to make a make a 200 million dollar budget back you never know you never know that's true but you know we can only hope for the best in the future but right now what were your final thoughts on the mummy this mummy uh, yeah so 2017 uh it's a fun movie mm-hmm. um for for what it is 
you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with that fight scene is the best fight scene of the film, best scene of the film, love the Easter eggs. Uh, could have been better. It, it could have, you know, been worked out a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd call this, we give this qualification to movies of fine and fun. Yeah. Movies that aren't great, they're not bad. Like, um, Mummy Returns is fine and fun. It's There's nothing bad about it. It's a lot of fun. It knows what it is. It's good. This I is. Will, uh, I will put it in great. I, I know. But this, I would qualify as okay and fun enough. Yeah. It's watchable. You're not going to hate it at the end. It might be a little dumb, but it's fucking like two hours that will that you could put on the background and kind of forget about. It's fine. Like, if I had to give it a rating, it'd be like a 2.5 out of 5 or a 3 out of 5. It is middle of the road. I didn't love anything about it. I didn't hate anything about it. Mm-hmm. It was okay at best for me. And then the Jekyll and Hyde fight is definitely the best part of the movie, like by far. It's not even close. <laughs> at least there, at least Russell Crowe is having a good old time chewing some scenery. Yes. But what are we doing next week? Well, next week we have a little PSA, and we're going to take an impromptu break. Yes, we did plan to have an episode released. Um, it was going to be a tie-in to the Mummy spinoff movies, the, the Scorpion King, but unfortunately technical difficulties got in the way. Um, we may or may not have forgotten to plug a mic in during a recording session. Yeah, something might have happened, but, uh, yeah, so someday we'll come back to the Scorpion King. How could we not? He is a king. He is a king. It's got the rock, uh, you know, the people's champion with his millions. And it's got the people's eyebrow. Yes, it does. But unfortunately, we're going to not be able to do it next week, but... We're going to take a break, but after that break, we're going to do some housekeeping there. A brief break. A brief break, just a week. We're going to come back with a whole new month and a whole new theme. And this new month, new theme, it's all curated by Dean, and you guys pray for me all because it's going to be a rough one. It's not going to be that bad because it's about America's favorite surrealist. It's going to be David Lynch month. That's right. Yes. Why do you hate David Lynch so? He made Eraserhead, one of your favorite films. No, it's not. This man will not give me closure. Yes, but um, we're going to be doing Eraserhead, or not Eraserhead. (laughs) No, please no. We're going to be doing David Lynch month. David Lynch, one of my like favorite directors, and one of your favorite people to impersonate. I mean, you just gotta love a good David Lynch impression. It's like Jimmy Stewart, but a lot more weird. But here's the thing. Um, one of my favorite directors, I think he's really interesting. He's made movies that are really weird and like confusing, and I find them so engaging and interesting, and I can't wait to get into it. But don't worry, the first film of the month is probably his most normal movie. It's, okay. it's the movie that he was nominated for Best Director for. It's, it's a movie that Mel Brooks helped produce. Oh, okay. It is The Elephant Man. Yeah, definitely haven't seen it. Uh, I have seen your schedule for the month, and I've only seen one of these films. And I am so excited. So all month long, it's going to be brand new films for me. It's going to be all movies that Dean loves because it's his birthday month, so he is going to go to town. Uh, yes, I 
M. And our first episode is a guest episode, I believe, correct? It is a guest episode. The guest star is going to be a uh, member of a previous podcast I was on, The Film Odyssey. Oh, I was going to say, there's so many previous podcasts <sighs> I, you've been I, on. I know. Oh, God. If anybody goes through our YouTube channel, they'll see some some old ones. But yeah, my brother Randy is going to be on. He was on our Stalker episode. He was also on Pagemaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a movie that he went to the theater to go see with me. Mm-hmm. And at the Frida, correct? At, at the Frida. And I do not recall if he loved it or hated it. So I can't wait to get him to <laughs> get him on that one. But where can they go to listen to that? If you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. And that is The Film Vault on YouTube. You can like, comment, and subscribe there. Uh, eventually, Dean will upload slideshow versions of this podcast so you can listen to it without watching it um but if you wanted to find out when we're uploading what we're doing or where we're going you can check us out on our socials at the film club podcast on instagram where we post daily stories upcoming episodes and random adventures we go on and with that we're going back to hominoptera no we're not we're going to victorian era england no not again (laughs) have a good week everybody (laughs) 